Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. So Charlotte, have you ever wondered what it would be like to stand amidst the vastness of a semi-desert, gazing up at the stars? Absolutely, Diego. The sheer scale of the universe is awe-inspiring. It's a feeling that many astronomers, like the one we're discussing today, experience regularly. Indeed. This individual, who's currently working with the Meerkat Radio Telescope in South Africa, is part of a fascinating journey to unravel the mysteries of black holes. The Meerkat, as I understand, is a precursor to the Square Kilometer Array, an international radio telescope due for completion in 2028. An intriguing fact about the name Meerkat is that... It's a play on words, isn't it? Mir means more in Afrikaans, and Cat stands for Karoo Array Telescope, the name of an earlier design. And let's not forget the adorable meerkats that inhabit the area. Exactly, Diego. Now, this astronomer spends most of their time analyzing data from the meerkat's 64 receivers. It's a crucial part of their research to understand black holes and star formation. And it's a childhood dream come true for them. At 12, they were already intrigued by the mystery of black holes. Now they're contributing to the understanding of these cosmic enigmas. And not just contributing, they're part of a team that produced the first direct image of a black hole in 2019. Can you imagine the pride and excitement? Absolutely. It's a monumental achievement. But what I find equally inspiring is their commitment to making astrophysics more inclusive and welcoming. Yes, as a black South African, they're in a minority in their field. They believe that embracing differences rather than viewing them as hindrances can make astrophysics a safer space for all. And that's a powerful message. It's not just about the discoveries we make in space, but also about who gets to make those discoveries. It's about ensuring that every aspiring astronomer, regardless of their background, gets a chance to explore the mysteries of the universe. Well said, Diego. It's a reminder that the quest to understand our universe is a shared human endeavor, and it's one that should be accessible to all. From the vast expanses of the cosmos to the inner workings of our minds, science continues to uncover the mysteries of our existence. Now, let's shift our focus from the celestial to the cerebral. We've been looking up at the stars, but what happens when we close our eyes at night? Let's delve into the intriguing world of sleep and dreaming and how they impact our health and well-being. Charlotte, today we're delving into the fascinating world of sleep and dreaming. These are universal human experiences, but it's only in the last century that we've begun to understand their importance to our health and well-being. That's right, Diego. And it's all thanks to the pioneering researchers who created the scientific and clinical discipline of sleep. Kenneth Miller's book, Mapping the Darkness, beautifully captures the journey of these visionaries. It's remarkable to think how much we didn't know just a century ago. Absolutely, Charlotte. The story begins with Nathaniel Kleitman, a man driven by adversity and hardship. His relentless pursuit of answers to questions like why we need eight hours of sleep and what happens when we don't get it has shaped the entire field of sleep research. And it's not just about Kleitman, is it? The book also talks about other key figures like Eugene Asarinsky, William Dement, and Mary Karskadon. Each of them played a crucial role in shaping our understanding of sleep. For instance, Asarinsky discovered REM sleep. Yes, that's the stage where most dreams occur. And Dement, who was Asarinsky's assistant, 
went on to develop the first clinical program focused on sleep disorders. Despite facing numerous challenges, these researchers persevered and helped establish sleep research as a legitimate field. And let's not forget Mary Karskadon, who pioneered the study of sleep in children. Her work led to the development of a standardized measure of sleepiness, known as the Multiple Sleep Latency Test. It's now considered the gold standard measure of sleepiness during the day. Indeed, and it's used in diagnosing disorders involving excessive drowsiness. The book also highlights the emergence of sleep as a discipline in medicine, with breakthroughs in the treatment of conditions like obstructive sleep apnea and insomnia. It's truly fascinating how much progress has been made in this field, and yet there's still so much we don't know. As Miller's book shows, sleep science is a young discipline that's still spreading its wings. It's an exciting time to be in this field, isn't it? Absolutely, Charlotte. And it's a testament to the pioneers of this field who were unafraid to explore the darkness and unlock the mysteries of sleep. From the exploration of our subconscious to the frontiers of technology, our next topic takes us from the realm of dreams to the cutting-edge world of artificial intelligence. As we've seen, science never sleeps, and neither does innovation. Let's dive into how artificial intelligence is making waves in the field of oncology, reshaping the way we approach cancer research and treatment. Let's talk about the application of artificial intelligence in oncology, Charlotte. A recent review of the emerging patent landscape suggests that this could help key players make strategic decisions. Absolutely, Diego. It's fascinating to see how AI is revolutionizing healthcare, particularly in cancer research and treatment. And the number of patents being filed in this area is a clear indicator of of the rapid advancements and interest in this field, right? And it's not just about the technology itself. The strategic implications of these patents can shape the future of cancer care. Indeed, Diego. This is not just about the science, it's about the potential impact on patients, healthcare providers, and even the economy. The use of AI in oncology can change the way we diagnose, treat, and, and even prevent cancer, Charlotte. The implications are vast. For instance, AI can help in early detection of cancer, which is crucial in improving patient outcomes. It can also aid in personalized treatment plans. That's right, Diego. And let's not forget about the potential cost savings. AI can streamline processes, reduce errors, and ultimately lead to more efficient healthcare systems. But there are also challenges. Yes, like data privacy and ethical considerations. And of course, the technology itself is still evolving, but the potential benefits are undeniable. The key is to navigate these challenges strategically. Well put, Diego. With the right approach, the application of AI in oncology could truly revolutionize cancer care. It's an exciting time to be in this field. Absolutely, Charlotte. And it's a topic we'll continue to follow closely here at Current Radio. Stay tuned for more discussions on the intersection of technology and healthcare. From the complex world of artificial intelligence in healthcare, we now turn to something a bit more whimsical. Yet, it's a topic that also highlights the importance of diversity and representation, albeit in a very different context. It's something we use every day, and you might be surprised to know that it's now a matter of science-scientific discussion. Yes, we're talking about emojis. Stay tuned as we delve into this intriguing conversation. Moving on to a lighter topic. Diego, did you know that scientists are advocating for more diverse nature emojis? Really, Charlotte? Emojis are now a conservation issue? It seems so, Diego. 
researchers from the University of Milan argue that the current emoji catalog doesn't accurately represent biodiversity. They believe that emojis could help raise awareness and appreciation for the diversity of life on Earth. Interesting. So we have too many cats and not enough crustaceans, is that it? Exactly. The research published in iScience found that while animals are well represented, plants, fungi, and microorganisms are overlooked. And even among animals, there's a bias. Vertebrates make up 76% of animal emojis. Wait, Charlotte, 76%? That's a lot considering the number of invertebrate species out there. Arthropods alone account for over a million species. Precisely, Diego, and that's not all. The scientists found that there were no emojis for flatworms or nematodes, despite there being thousands of species of each. Wow, that's a lot of underrepresented species. But I suppose it's not all bad news, is it? I heard something about emoji biodiversity increasing. Yes, there's a silver lining. The researchers found that the diversity of emojis is gradually increasing. For instance, annelids gained representation in 2020 with the addition of the worm emoji, and cnidarians in 2021 with the red coral emoji. Well, that's a start. But I suppose the point here is that emojis, as trivial as they might seem, can play a role in raising awareness about biodiversity, right? Absolutely, Diego. Emojis are a part of our digital communication, and having a diverse set can help reflect the true variety of life on Earth. It's a small but potentially impactful step in conservation efforts. Well, I never thought I'd see the day where emojis and conservation efforts intersect, but here we are. It's an interesting perspective on how the digital world can contribute to real-world issues.